What is he saying that you hear that we need to understand? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting quote. And I mean, I think his his comments about altitude are, are really interesting because um, it's true. There's there's something about being up really high that just kind of drains energy and makes everyone really lethargic. And I think that, um, you know, I was listening to, to the clips you were playing before as well. And, and I think there's, it, there's a very, very fine line between, you know, having that safety factor where I, I know there was the, the gentleman that, that was on and said, you know, he turned around 300 meters below the summit of Everest, mm-hmm. which you know, in, in dangerous conditions is always the right call. It's always better to get down with your life than not. But at the same time, I think altitude can really blur that line between like, when is it just that I'm just too tired and my motivation is gone versus when is it a, a real safety issue? And I think that's something that, you know, I've been going up to these altitudes for almost 15 years at this point, And I have a really, really good sense for my own body of where that line lies of where, <clears throat> okay, if I'm feeling nervous, or tired or uncomfortable is that because it's just getting hard and it's the altitude and it's the exertion or is it okay my gut is telling me that something is that this isn't the day that something is wrong and this is the time to turn back and i've i've had both experiences i've had lots of experiences where you know we always say like in spanish la montaña decide which means like the mountain decides at the end of the day and i've had lots of experience where i've gotten high up on a mountain and, you know, like that guy said, I've gotten within 100 meters of the top of a mountain, even in a record time, and I've turned around because it's just like, okay, the conditions aren't right. This doesn't feel right. I want to get back down safely. It's more important than getting a record. And then I've had other times where I've been on a mountain, I've been really nervous, and I've been, you know, kind of looked inside myself and saw, okay, this th- those nerves are coming from somewhere that's, that's not necessarily rational. It's not about the conditions on the mountain. It's just about me being tired or uncomfortable, and I can push through that. So. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's really what it's all about is knowing, knowing where that line is and, and making sure that you're comfortable with, with your ability to interpret um, those sensations that you have up really high on the mountain, because it's true. Like when you're, when you're up really high, like, yeah, your brain doesn't work as well. Like it's hard to make decisions. So you really have to be able to trust in your own intuition. Amazing. Meteorologists teach us that a hurricane should have a name. They don't just say it's a big Uh storm coming. They love calling it Katrina or whatever. If you talk mm-hmm. to firemen, which I do a lot, taking care of them, they will tell you. They'll describe the fire, the blaze, as though she went left and the winds went right. It becomes a beast. It becomes this entity. Do you find that the mountain becomes a beast, a person, a personality? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you can you can get to know a mountain in the same way that you can get to know a person or a pet or anything and and i think that's one of the things that i try to do and it's one of the things that i've you know on the mountains that i've had a lot of success on a lot of the time it's because i do spend quite a bit of time getting to know the mountain before so you you realize okay this is when storms usually roll in this is when clouds usually roll in this is what the you know when when there's snow at this point this is what it means um you know you can kind of read the glacier you can read the, the sounds that the mountain makes, the way it moves, because glaciers are, are alive and are always moving. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that that being able to, to really read your environment and read the mountain and get to know that mountain's personality. You know, there are there are mountain like mountains have nicknames, too, in the same way that storms do. You know, like K2 is, a, you know, like 
killer mountain or Nanga Parbat is a killer mountain, I think, and K2 is like death mountain. Like a lot of these mountains mm-hmm. have like really, really dark nicknames and stuff, right? Because people die on them. But like, um, so yeah, I actually haven't, I haven't been to Aguancagua yet, but, and I don't think it has as, as dark of a big thing because it's not as dangerous of a mountain. Mm-hmm. But, um, for sure there, there is that same level of, of getting to know the route, getting to know the mountain, its personality, how it interacts with the climate, um, and how you interact with it as well, and making sure that you keep a, a healthy dose dose of, of respect for the mountain as you're going up and down. Typically, we think of getting to the top of the mountain as the the journey and its ending is on the top. Being a speed mm-hmm. demon runner of the mountains, <laughs> I assume you're not really interested as much as spending a little time on the top. I want you to listen to this soundbite and tell me what goes through your mind when you actually get to the top. And this is me mm-hmm. on the summit at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So you really do know that you're standing on the top of the world? Oh, definitely, because it's, it's not much bigger than a, a dining room table or, or a bathtub itself. Um, so there's not much room actually to stand. It uh, drops off in all directions, off all sides. What's it like to get to the top of a really high mountain? Yeah, it's really interesting because I think that when you're doing uh, a speed record, it's a completely different experience. And I remember Carl Egloff, the, the guy I mentioned, who's, who's the current record holder on Aconcagua, he and I were talking about this with some people, I, I think it was a Thanksgiving party. And it's, you know, when, when you go up the mountain for a first time, if you're an amateur climber or a hiker or whatever, and, you know, getting to the top is what it's all about. And you want to get up there and celebrate and take a bunch of pictures and enjoy the view. And for us as speed climbers, it's like, all right, we get up. And we tag the summit and you split the watch and then you head right back down and that's it. Like, you know, I, I, I just did a record on Cotopaxi here in Ecuador, which is a 19,000 foot volcano, uh, on Monday. And it was, I, I literally spent less than five seconds on the summit. I just went up, <laughs> took a quick video saying, Hey, here I am. It's this time. And then turned around and went back down. So it's, it's a really different experience from when you're going up the first time. Uh, you know, maybe with your friends in an expedition, it takes forever, you know, like that guy in Everest, it's like those, that's getting to that summit takes so long. It's such a, you know, it's a month, month long process for, for those climbers. Um, but when you're going up on a speed climb, it's just like, you know, that's the halfway point. And really in terms of, uh, of, uh, of risk, it's, it's more like, you know, 10% point because most accidents do happen on the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really like when I get to the summit of a mountain on a speed climb, the thing I'm thinking is, okay, now I really have to focus. On the way up, it's like I'm pushing physically. On the way down, I really need that mental focus because that's where you have the speed, the momentum, you're really tired already, and that's where, you know, you can slip, you can fall, you can twist your ankle, you can, um, you know, you can hurt yourself pretty badly on the way down. So mm-hmm. for me, that's really the point of of, uh, of shifting the, the mental energy from, pushing my body to, okay, I need to really keep my mind engaged for the next few hours until I get down safely because, you know, the work's not done yet. Tyler Andrews, can you hold on a second? I want to pay some bills and I want to continue talking to you. Is that all right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, sir. We're talking to the great Tyler Andrews, a mountain runner. That's basically what it is. Climbing one of the biggest mountains in the world next month. Incredible. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? 
Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.